No one can see how classy we're being. <laughs> anyway. She's falling in love with a monster man. She's falling in love with a monster man. She's falling in love with a monster man. Hello, sexy bloodsuckers, and welcome to Summer Twilight Book Club. We are just two dumb bitches utilizing our very expensive social work degrees to their highest potential by reading four garbage books. I'm Kat. And I am Sahana. Katie, could you remind us what the fuck it is we're all doing here? Yeah, so we're reading Twilight. This week we'll be discussing chapters 9 through 12, but in case this is your first episode or your memory isn't great, we'll catch you up first. The main heroine of this book is Bella Swan, who makes a blank slate seem like it has a personality. You remember the plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie? That's kind of how I imagine Bella Swan. Oh, yes. All I can think about when I see that plank, though, is the meme with uh, Rolf doing uh, the Full Metal Alchemist, <laughs> uh, Life Has Many Doors, Ed Boy. <laughs> Which is a great meme. I know that describing memes is super fun to listen to, but anyways. <laughs> you guys so heard Bella, of memes? <laughs> we discovered memes on the show. Right. Um, so Bella has moved from Arizona to the rainiest town in America as a self-inflicted exile to live with her dad, Charlie. She rapidly becomes the object of every boy in town's wet dreams and has become the envy of every girl, sure. obviously. But all Bella cares about is a mysterious walking red flag who sits next to her in biology. And this boy is alarming. He is so uncomfortably hot that Bella doesn't even care that he's manipulative and also probably not human. Who's that boy, Katie? Who is it? His name is Edward Cullen. Oh, shit. Yep. And after Edward turns Clark Kent and saves Bella from a car crash, Ella becomes... Ella. Ella. Bella becomes <laughs> utterly obsessed. Ella is the name of their child. Like, <laughs> their child's child is going to be named Ella. Oh, God. If we follow the naming rules of this universe. <laughs> the Renesme. The Renesme uh, the, the clause. Oh, for the next generation. Oh, boy. She cries whenever it's not in class. She thinks nothing interesting at all. But the main uninteresting thing she thinks about is Edward. Excuse me. My uh, cottonmouth cure is making me burp. Oh, no. I apologize to all of you. How dare you? Yeah, Bella interviews the local kids on the reservation about Edward. You know, normal that's shit. Like a normal thing to do, including a hot child named Jacob. <laughs> you might have heard of this hot child before. <laughs> Jacob tells her a story about the cold ones, aka vampires, and how the Collins are vampires who've existed on this land for generations. <laughs> After Bella Googles it, she becomes convinced that Edward is indeed a vampire. I just want to make a small correction and say that at no point are we given any confirmation that Bella uses Google. We just know that she Sorry. uses her favorite search engine. Sorry, you're right. Bella uses her favorite search engine, Bing, and is disappointed by the results. Bella uses AltaVista. <laughs> Edward takes a few days off school, and Bella goes on a shopping trip with some friends from school. Did you call Although her I Ella use friends again? with quotation what? Did you call her Ella again? I might have. <laughs> you know, I... Uh. I love that. Uh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> our unnamed character wanders off away from her friends, in quotation marks, because she can't handle being a social person for more than, like, three minutes, and she soon finds herself in a strange part of town. She encounters some men who are pretty frightening, uh, and suddenly a shiny bauble swings out she jumps in front of it, and uh, it is Edward Cullen here to rescue her. Incredible. He is no longer pretending to be human, but isn't giving any clear answers either. And he's a non-human who needs her to do a whole lot of emotional labor, and he'll maybe murder her in return. I think that seems like a fair trade. I mean, I think, honestly, Stephanie Meyer is a genius. Uh, she's sending a lot of really excellent messages about healthy relationships to teen girls, and none of this is in any way problematic or concerning, so I think we should just dive right in, shall we? Yeah, yeah, I would love to know what happens <laughs> in chapter 9. Well, let me tell you, Katie, um, this chapter picks up pretty much immediately where the last one left off, because 
I mean, this makes no sense to me. And honestly, it made me wonder, like, why are they divided like this? Because the last chapter was so fucking long. This chapter <laughs> is essentially the same as the last one. When does the pacing in this book ever make sense? Um, so It always starts off exactly the last one ends. So people who have never read these books, I want you to realize when we joked about how it gives us every minute detail of her day, like we're not. I mean, like, literally, it's every single day. It starts with Bella waking up, and it ends with her going to sleep. Every single one. Um, like, every time. And we're not exaggerating. It literally ends I have way. said before, and I will say again, that I am surprised that there is not narrative in this book that says, and then I went into the bathroom and I took a giant dump. Like, what? where is that information about Bella's life? I imagine that it was in the original draft, and that maybe, actually, Stephanie Meyer does edit. And that's what got cut out. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in the car. Edward explains that he figured out where Bella was by following her scent, which is real fucking weird because I thought that Jacob was the dog in this book, which then led me to wonder, does Bella have another weird fetish? Katie. Oh, you mean like outside of her car yes, crash Yes, outside of the car crash fetish. I'm talking another weird fetish. Do we think that Bella is a furry? Also... Are werewolves just other kin? I mean, that seems very possible. I think that tracks, dude. I think it seems possible. I mean, Bella does seem like like the obsessive fangirl type. I feel like Bella was definitely on mid-2000s Tumblr, you know? She definitely goes to anime conventions as like an, her own original character. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that she probably dresses as some kind of wolf dog. Um, Bella is now also a furry. Bella, Bella needs some, some sex therapy. Okay. So special snowflakes one asks Edward why he can't hear her thoughts. And he tells her exactly what she wants to hear, which is that she just must not be like all the other girls. Um, and Bella concerned as usual. All the other humans, really. Right. You know, all of them. Um, Bella is concerned as usual about the completely wrong thing. Uh, she's convinced that this somehow makes her a freak, um, which is wild because Bella is trying to fuck an undead predatory Marvel man with a juice box fetish. And she thinks that she's the freak, um, which is bananas. Also, I want to say that this like little bit about her feeling like a freak 100% made me thought of, uh, made me thought of, made me think of the scene in Riverdale. (laughs) Which one? I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. You ever seen me without this hat on? How much influence do you think Twilight had on Riverdale? I mean, like, Jughead definitely has the whole, I'm too dangerous for you, but I'm going to protect you. Like, you can't join my gang, Betty. But But also, like, I I want you to do a snake dance. But I'm going to be mad about it. But, like, like, secretly, I want you to be a serpent. Yeah, but then again, like, so does Veronica's dad also has the whole vibe going on. It's so weird to me that, like, Veronica's dad is supposed to be, like, the hot dude on the show for the moms who watch it with their teenage daughters, you know? Yeah. He's, like, he's... Because he's living on a soap opera. Like, I watched that dude. Anyways, we we can't... We have to stick to one miserable thing This is not a Riverdale podcast. Oh, God, I wish it was. That's our next podcast. That's our side podcast. Buckle up, y'all. All right. So, Edward, they're in the car. He's driving dangerously fast. And then when Bella points it out, he tells her that she's being unreasonable to be concerned, which is just such fucking textbook, emotionally manipulative behavior that, honestly, I feel like Stephanie Meyer is just going down a fucking checklist. That's so real, though. Like, can we talk for a moment about how accurate this moment in the book was? Yes. Because nothing in this book so far has reflected my real-life teenage experience. Like, driving with a dude who is like, LOL, are you mad that I'm driving so dangerously? Like, what the fuck? Is this where they got it from? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Or is it just, like, that innate? Like, let's go back to a different one of uh, my ex-boyfriends because... (laughs) Actually, as an aside to the side, for all of you who are listening and don't know us personally, or at least don't know us super well, uh, Sahana and I and our other friend Michelle used to have a game. Oh no! Called Remember That Time. No, it was a Thanks for Taking That One for the Team Katie Fridays. I was going to say Remember That Time Katie <laughs> Took One for the Team Friday. 
which was a really excellent game. Honestly, I'm about all of my terrible ex-boyfriends who I protect as a group from having to date. It's true. I really so one of those. I think I owe you my life. Yeah. So one of those ex-boyfriends, maybe you literally owe me your life. Uh, in this case, would love to drive dangerously and like real scary, like zipping and out of traffic and like you know, breaking at the last second, and I would always be like, please stop, like, I don't want to die, because I'm better than Bella, at least in that respect. I was like, I would you love to You at least have die. some self-preservation instincts. Yeah, whereas Bella's like, I want this car crash so fucking She's good. just trying to get her rocks off, dude. I don't, can you blame her? So, but I did not like it, and he always was like, <laughs> what are you so upset about? What? Fucking, this is so accurate. Bag of dicks. So Anyways, continue this, on. This particular bag of dicks, uh, he uh, is driving the car. Bella finally tells him her theory that he and his family are vampires and also tells him that she heard this theory from her pet golden retriever, Jacob Black. Um, Bella explains that she got the info out of Jacob by attempting to flirt. Edward tells her he would have liked to see that. He chuckles darkly. I threw up in my mouth a little bit. The world keeps turning. Um, before even getting confirmation that her fucking theory is correct, Bella tells teenage Dracula that she's decided it doesn't matter. Because as we all know, at this point, Bella's a fucking idiot. So, um, Edward shockingly has the only appropriate response to this information, which is just absolute bewilderment. Um, and finally, fucking finally, Katie, Bella learns what the rest of us have known for 184 motherfucking pages. And what is that? Edward Cullen is a vampire. Wowee, I had no idea. (laughs) So, after getting this confirmation, Bella bombards Edward with a series of questions regarding his magical qualities or whatever, um, and we learn some critical information. Wait. Okay. (laughs) We have our Katie didn't realize things of the week. Oh, hell yeah! What is it? What are you realizing? I never knew what that stood for. Regarding? (laughs) Like, when you say, like, yeah, like, when you, I feel like I thought it was, like, reply. Well, it is on email, but, like, in shorthand, R-E colon is regarding, which is why sometimes someone will send you an initial email. Like, they're not. And say, no, and I knew that, I knew that it meant, like, regarding. I just didn't realize that it literally meant regarding <laughs> yes until you said it out loud while i'm staring at your chapter notes <laughs> y'all y'all <laughs> i was so proud of myself when i wrote my chapter notes all of you i want you all to know that because when i got to the end of my chapter notes i said out loud to myself out loud there's nothing that katie didn't realize <laughs> cat knew everything this week Cat's not a fucking idiot. I didn't say it in the third person like that, but I did say it out loud. And now I'm sitting here, like 15 minutes in, fucking eating my words. I'm glad of all of you. I'm so glad that I could spontaneously contribute to what is swiftly becoming my favorite segment of this show. So, okay, so we've learned some critical information about teenage Dracula. Um, first of all, this undead ass motherfucker has been 17 for, and I quote, a while, which effectively means that he's like 3,000 years old and he's trying to seduce a 17 year old, so hard fucking yikes to that. Um, the other, next thing we learn is that vampires can in fact come out during the day, they don't sleep in coffins, they don't really sleep at all, um, also they don't get burned by the sun. Something apparently does happen in the sunlight, uh, he just won't tell us what yet. So, also, Bella is the most upset that he can't sleep of any of this information. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that upsets her the most. Um, so the Cullens also hunt animals and not people, which is information that we had gotten from Jacob earlier. However, Edward takes great pains to remind us all once again that he's a dangerous bad boy, um, a character trait that somehow manages to act as a stand-in for an actually robust personality. So. And, like, I can't help but assume that, like, wherever <laughs> he lived during the 80s, that Edward had his hair like styled like Morrissey oh, and was just listening bitch, to me and you murder all the time. know that when she got in the car, uh, he was playing the Smiths. 
Uh, like, Edward definitely thinks that the Smiths are, like, romantic music. And a gene, and he thinks Morrissey's a genius. Of course he does. Fuck Morrissey. Um, so, Edward is literally, literally struggling to keep himself from eating Bella the whole time they're together in the same way that I have to keep myself from eating a 12th dumpling when I'm already too full to move, which, quite honestly, is way less sexy than any of us could hope. Um, also, he has to keep himself full to keep from wanting to eat her, like, the 12th dumpling, mm-hmm, so that's amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we also learned that he was, in fact, out hunting with Emmett, um, and then... In truly the most revolting attempt at an emotional moment that YA has ever given me, Bella and Edward acknowledge that they have feelings for each other, and I predictably wanted to vomit. Um, Also, my favorite part of this entire exchange is that Bella says that Edward's eyes are gentle but intense, and they seem to be making my bones turn soft. Yeah, that was horrible. Which sounds either like she ran into Gilderoy Lockhart or that Edward makes her lose her erection. She can't add herself anymore. Mm-mm. Edward tells her that this is wrong. Um, as though telling a teenage girl that her love is wrong is going to do anything other than make her panties even wetter. Like, have you, have you ever <laughs> met a girl? <laughs> like, we're, we're weak for that shit. Um... So Bella tells Edward again that she doesn't give a fuck that he wants to drink her blood like a mountain cooler Capri Sun. She then cries for the second fucking time this chapter. Um, And then she makes him promise that he's going to come to school tomorrow because, oh yeah, these fucking dummies are still in high school. Which, if I tried to pull some shit like this in high school, I feel like my mom would have locked me in the basement. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. Um, Most certainly. So Edward, I mean, mine wouldn't have. My my mom would not have known about it. Oh yeah, but you would have. Your mom would have known about mm-hmm. it. Um, Edward promises that he's going to come to school tomorrow. He makes Bella promise not to go back in the woods alone because he's not always the most dangerous thing out there, which is not at all weird or ominous, my dude. Um, and also, but like, doesn't give her any <coughs> helpful information no. about he's that. He's just like, oh, there's other dangerous shit out there in the woods. Bye, bitch. Um. I just, okay, the end of this chapter is what is potentially the stupidest part of this whole book. Bella loses her shit because Edward breathes in her face and it smells, and I quote, exquisite. (laughs) She is drunk on vampire morning breath. She's drunk on love. Oh, God. I wish that I were making this shit up. So She's drunk in love. Drunk in love. Um, so Bella goes inside, she barely fucking talks to Charlie, and then gets a phone call from Jessica, who, like the rest of us, is real fucking surprised that Bella made it home safe. Um, and that, folks, is all for this chapter. I would love to talk about how there is more car crash. Yes! Oh, God, I'm so glad we're making this a thing. Okay, what is your car crash fetish ammo for this chapter? So page one eighty two mm. again for any listeners who are following along attentively. Also, as I'm sure if you you're are. following along attentively, I hope that you, unlike us, did not spend real human money to buy new copies of this book. Oh, want to hear something amazing? Yes. So at work, I work at a place. It's of an unnamed location, mm-hmm. doing an unnamed job. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a shelf of free books in the office. And two of the books are New Moon and Breaking Dawn. Yes! Oh my god, you're not going to have to spend money! So bitches, I don't have to do that. But if one of you appreciative listeners would like to mail me a copy of Eclipse, (laughs) I would love it. If you would like to show us that you love this podcast by sending us three copies of the book, we will happily accept. We will accept them. I don't ever want to spend my human money on these books again. Okay, Katie. We will even give you a shout out. We will. We will do that. Hit me with that car crash fetish ammo. I will. Okay. So, Bella says... Charlie's a cop, remember? I was raised to abide by traffic laws. Which, like, so Bella was forced to follow traffic laws because her dad was a cop, and she's probably told, like, a bunch of horror stories, which has somehow turned into some sort of, like, repression-induced case. Yes! I think Bella has, like, a daddy car crash fetish. She does have daddy issues. She does. We know that for sure. She always calls her dad Charlie. Um, she... 
definitely has car crash uh, both. The evidence is undeniable, y'all. She's hyper focused on it. Alright. Katie, what's your favorite moment from this chapter? Okay, well, I actually so I have a favorite moment and then I have a thing that any good Twilight fan knows we have to talk about. Oh, I can't so wait. So I'm gonna do that one first. Okay. Okay. So chuckle darkly. Oh god. I think I did I I brought it up in the in the summary, but I think we have to talk about it again. Chuckled darkly. Any really true fan of Nerd Anything and Twilight listened to the time that Charlie um, McDonald McDonald took over uh, the shit lord we will not name because he sucks. I can't even remember. YouTube show. Um, And it became an episode of Charlie Reads Twilight. And he mentions this part, Chuckle Darkly. He goes, if this is chuckling, <laughs> what is chuckling darkly? <laughs> but the best part is, y'all, is that this is not even the chapter that Charlie read for Charlie Reads Twilight. Because he was reading the chapter where she's at the Cullen's house. So so Stephanie Meyer uses this phrase at least twice. twice. <laughs> at least. At least twice. In addition to constantly saying that Edward has a crooked smile, smile. Mm-hmm. she also consistently mentions that he chuckles darkly. I don't even know what that means. Now, I'm gonna... No, I know what your favorite part of this is. I, I'm gonna keep going. Okay. I'm gonna keep going, because yours has to be loud. Okay. Y'all, y'all, it's a good There's, one. I we got, there is something that we have to talk about. Katie, you gotta... Who? Alright. Okay, real quick. My, my actual favorite part was the beginning of the chapter when she is telling Edward that she thinks that he is a vampire. <laughs> she says in her head, I realized I was whispering. <laughs> so this bitch is in the car and is going, I know who you are. <laughs> You're a vampire. <laughs> I mean, she's probably not saying it in like a breathy porn star <laughs>
So they get to school. Jessica sees them together and gives Bella a knowing look. You know, the teenage girl, mm, we're going to talk later. You must be texting me look. Mm-hmm. And so Bella is dreading having to interact with her. The ever-listening Edward warns Bella that she should be ready for an ambush. But he also tells her that he'll be listening because privacy doesn't exist for Edward and setting boundaries doesn't exist for Bella. Bella asks Edward um, what she should tell Jessica because Edward tells Bella, because it's just gossiping at this point. He's like, oh, she wants to know if we're dating and she wants to know if you like me. And he's like, um, tell her that we're dating because, you know, like that's... <laughs> That's just the best way to explain it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that's like, like the best not, cover. Like, like I'm not, not, I don't want to date. Deal. I like don't actually even really want to date you. I just feel like it'd be easier if we just like told people that we were dating. Yeah, but then he's like, "But I'll be listening to hear how you answer the second question," which is super amusing considering he's like 150 years old and he's still like, "Ooh, I wonder if this girl likes." You know me. what, Katie? I'm proud of them. They did it. They made it Facebook official. Oh. Also, I just want to say that Bella finally ends this conversation with Jessica by getting Jessica to talk about herself. And honestly, out of all of the characters in this book, I think that Jessica might be the character I relate the most to because I, too, am incredibly petty and narcissistic. Well, I mean, so am I. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> oh, boy. So after, Bella, after Edward listens in and hears Bella admit to Jessica that she likes him, like, so much. So much. He, like, so much. He teases her at lunch, which leads into, like, the most mortifying version of, I like you more, no, oh I like God, you it more, was, fight. It was unbelievable. And, like, and, oh, God, and in this section, folks, we have a red flag moment and a holy shit, Bella, go to therapy moment right in a row of the same We're just going to hit you back to back, y'all. So our red flag moment comes in the form of Edward telling Bella that he will hurt himself to keep himself from hurting her in order to keep her safe. And then seconds later, he says, keeping you safe requires my constant presence. So, like, literally, like, I'm super dangerous. I want to hurt you. I want to hurt you, but I won't. I'd rather hurt myself. Because that's, like, a sane, healthy thing to say and to, like, you know, that's, like, a sane compromise. I'd rather hurt myself than hurt you. And the only way I can make sure that you're not getting hurt is if I am around you all the time. Bitch, what? Even though I want to hurt you. I want to hurt you, but I need to always be there to protect you from other from yourself. And yourself is putting yourself in danger by being with me. Because that makes fucking sense. Ugh, buddy. And so then comes our holy shit Bella go to therapy moment. Where Bella is internally musing. Because Edward says that, you know, he might have to stay away from her if he can't guarantee her safety. And Bella says certain things. Well, Edward always shows up if I'm in danger, and so, like, if he tries to stay away from me, I can just purposely put myself in danger so that he'll show up. What the fuck? Bella. Bella. Bella, you are literally thinking about putting yourself in an actual dangerous situation just so a boy, who you don't know fucking anything about, will just, like, come find you. Like, this is some, like, Bella... We gotta talk about your self-esteem, girl. You need to have some self-worth. Like, like we, gotta, we have to, like, find an internal locus of control here. It is so rough. Oh. So then their lunch continues with Edward telling Bella about how he's gonna go hunting with his brother. And he reveals the stellar information that his brother fights like a bear and prefers to eat bear. <laughs> well, Edward hunts like a lion and prefers... Mountain I think that we can all take this to mean that Edward loves to eat pussy. Edward definitely does. And he also definitely loves to brag about how he loves to eat pussy. Yeah. Like his Tinder profile is like, let me eat your pussy. I'll eat it for four hours. Like, no one wants that. No one wants four hours of Edward <sighs> Cullen eating a mountain lion. So, you know, we'll definitely never hear Edward refer to as a lion again. That's definitely not going to come up. I mean, I wonder what kind of animal Bella is. I don't know, dude. Like a goat? No, but something like it. I think right? like a like a llama. So, well, I we'll get there. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come up. Mm-hmm. So Bella asks Edward if she can watch him hunt, and he tells her that it's absolutely out of the question, and he's super mad, which is where we leave Edward. I need incentive not to murder <laughs> you, Colin. And Bella, I don't know the meaning of self-preservation, Swan. At the end oh, of this chapter. Oh God. 
Ooh, what a wild ride. Speaking of rides, I <laughs> have more car crash fetish AMO. <laughs> what a fucking transition. I am a oh. genius. I don't know what to tell you. All right, hear me out. So Bella and Edward, when they get to school and they see Rosalie's convertible, Edward... Oh, wait. So for people who don't know, Rosalie is one of the Hales, who is one of the people who lives with Edward. Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's the hot Cullen sibling, um, the hottest of the hot Cullen siblings. And she, she drives a red convertible. So they see the convertible in the parking lot, and Edward tells her that all of them like to drive fast. Um, and this, I think, coupled with the fact that Bella continues to let Edward drive her places, despite the fact that he just has a reckless disregard for speed limits. Um, and also some, like, weird comments that she makes about him turning them into a Volvo pretzel around a tree trunk. This really only further confirms the theory, I think. This girl. No self-worth. Hardcore masochist. Trying to get in a car crash. Just trying to get in a car crash. Alright, um. So what is, what is your favorite moment? Honestly... I think it is fucking hilarious that Bella and Edward are forced to have the DTR conversation this early just because Jessica's being a nosy bitch. Like, that I think (laughs) is honestly aspirational. I love Jessica so much. I think my favorite line from this, uh, or my favorite moment from this chapter is also definitely my favorite side character moment of the week. Um, The other thing I love, which is just kind of a throwaway, is just Bella casually telling us that she wants eight dirt on a dare. That was amazing, and my favorite part about that was I was trying to figure out, like, who dared her, because she never really implies that she had friends, and, like, the only person, <laughs> the only person she ever mentions hanging out with is her mom. Did her mom <laughs> dare her to eat dirt? <laughs> I don't know, but I really hope so, and, like, can I... You, can you imagine if your mom dared you to eat dirt and then you did it and then 20 years later you named a baby after it <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna cry i'm crying y'all i'm laughing so hard now oh that's the best moment in the whole fucking part i love it but another moment that i loved because it's just like bella simultaneously is like so self-centered despite her self-esteem being so low <laughs> that like at one part point she's talking to Edward and she mentions that like I wasn't really paying attention to the people around me but I assumed they were staring at us she's and just... I was like bitch you're literally like I didn't see anyone looking but like they were they were <laughs> oh my god oh boy are we ready for oh. chapter 11 Katie I'm not sure. Give me a give me a moment to really sink into chapter ten. Oh boy! Make sure we really touched on everything because wow, I it was it was really a wild it was ride. So much. It was a lot. It was so much. Oh wait, no, no, we can't move on. Yet. Oh wait, we have to talk about some stuff at the beginning of the chapter because. If we're gonna talk about how this book influenced us as teenagers, we gotta talk about how it influences like sexual beings also. Oh my because God. there was a lot going on here. Oh boy. So one, Bella says it was a colossal tribute to his face that it kept oh my, my God. eyes away from his body. Yes! That's so funny! I highlighted that section in my book and I had to put it down because I was that is an amazing so hard. compliment. Can you imagine? That's like what I think when I look at Tahani on the good <laughs> That is something that Eleanor has definitely said about oh, Tahani. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, oh my god. Also, can we talk about something that I have to admit something that all of oh you. Boy. This is truly embarrassing, but I am tw- I'm nearly 26 years old. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, part of this still kind of made me a little hot. Oh my but- god! Like, like, okay. You too? Fucking, like, heart-throbbing, like, gentle eyes, soft voice. I am obsessed with you even though we just met and I'm literally a monster garbage. Fucked me up as a teenager, okay? And the fucked up part is that when I read it again, I almost felt something. I did feel something. It's, I mean, listen, I hate myself and I, like, I still felt it. Yeah, like... As for her other question, well, I'll be listening to hear the answer to that one myself. 
One side of his mouth pulled up into my favorite uneven smile. I couldn't catch my breath soon enough to respond to that remark. He turned and walked away. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Like that fucking advice. Oh, Ooh. God. I love it. Uh, I, I am honestly still into it. Oh, you know what? And like. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I feel like, wasn't there something else in this chapter that was, like, honestly kind of hot? Because I feel like there was. Was there? I think it might be in the next chapter. Maybe it was. We'll come back to it eventually. I think it is in the next chapter, because in chapter 11, Bella and Edward go to biology class, and they sit way too close to each other, and everyone loses their shit because it's movie day. And Edward and Bella spend the entire class period furiously attempting to not touch each other, which, in all fairness, is almost kind of hot like that no she she says a crazy impulse to reach over and touch him a crazy impulse girl everyone during movie day is just wants to fuck the person next that's to really them. what's happening during movie day. like nothing makes you realize that the person next to you might actually be kind of hot then your teacher turning the lights out i gotta tell you man there's a whole generation of people that get horny now when bill nye comes on Oh, yeah, there is. And, like, oh, it's just just the turning the lights out part. It doesn't have to be a movie. It just has to be lights out. Because I remember doing realization exercises where we would lay down and, like, meditate. And we would just be laying there in the dark. And What inevitably, fucking class were you doing relaxation exercises <laughs> for in high school? Um, Acting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bitches. Uh, real class. We would just lay down in the dark. It was amazing. Um, and... I inevitably thought whoever was near me was super sexy and started, like, trying to hook up with them in the dark. Yeah, so the lights are off. Bella's wet. Um, After the movie is over, Edward walks Bella to gym class. He touches her for what I think is the first time. And Bella wastes literally no time regaling us with this description of Edward's, like, icy hot Vicks vapor rub fingers. (laughs) I don't really know what's happening. Um, In gym class, Mike questions Bella about her new relationship with Edward because, just as a reminder, literally every human man in the town, of course, is apparently in love with her. Um, Mike remarks that Edward looks at Bella like she's something to eat, and Bella laughs. Which, once oh again, God. nobody seems to find in any way concerning. Like, bitch, this is not what looking like a snack means. No, oh my God. It's not <gasps> what that means. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So. I was concerned. Bella wonders if Edward's family knows that she knows. And then she wonders if she's supposed to know that they know that she knows. And then oh in God. this part, I had to take a pause to watch that scene from Friends. Because um, it just was going to be stuck in my head <laughs> otherwise. But that we meant, yes, which Speak. meant that I read the whole rest of this chapter in Joey Tribbiani's voice, and honestly, that made it almost tolerable. Almost. Um, so, Edward asks Bella how gym class was, indicating that he's been fucking listening to other people's thoughts so he can keep track of her, which she finally seems reasonably upset about until he distracts her by talking about Rosalie's convertible, because he knows what she likes. Ah! Um, and then he agrees to let her drive wherever they're going on Saturday, which for the record, we still have not clarified. Um, oh, yeah. So for all of you who maybe aren't reading along, like responsible readers, um, they were going to go to Seattle, but then he's like, no, it's going to be sunny outside. We can't go to Seattle because of the sun and I'm a vampire, which you know now. And she's like, okay, but we're still going to hang out, right? And he's like, yeah, I'll show you what happens when I'm in the sun. And she's like, cool, great, where are we going? And he's like, anyways, so um, how was Jim? <laughs> so they're on the drive home. Bella asks Edward again why he's so averse to her watching him wrestle with mountain lions. And Edward explains that when he uh, hunts. I love wrestling. <laughs> Edward explains that when he hunts, he gives in to his instincts. And that if he unleashes the beast around her, he doesn't know that he'll be able to control himself. What you don't know is that Unleash the Beast is definitely, like, related to, like, that's, like, I think something you say about when you're wrestling oh, is actual wrestling. Oh, no. Anyone who doesn't know me, hi, my name's Kat, and I love wrestling. She's obsessed with wrestling. Um, so, he says, he says that he doesn't know if he'd be able to control himself, which is to say that the risk of him eating her is literally too great for her to be around him when he's in beast mode. 
which feels extra rapey, honestly, but that's pretty par for the course in this fucking book, isn't it? Um, Bella right. gets woozy from inhaling Edward's mountain lion blood Literally breath woozy. or whatever. Uh, mountain lion bre- blood breath, I think, would be a good name for men's deodorant. I think we should pitch that. Yeah, that's our that's our podcast brand of deodorant. <laughs> mountain lion blood breath. Um, Bella finally remembers that she's supposed to get out of the fucking car. Um, as she's walking back inside, Edward rolls down the window and calls out to her because he, you know, just wanted to take another look at you. Um, I'm now 100% imagining Bradley Cooper as Edward Cullen. It is precisely as bad as you all are imagining. Better uh, or worse than Brian Cranston? Ooh, better. Better. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he tells her for the second time that tomorrow is his turn to ask the questions, which makes this relationship feel increasingly like a game of truth or dare gone awry. Um, Sorry. What? Oh, I think you already know this one about me. That... Um, awry, I thought was Ari, and I thought it meant the same thing as awry. Oh my god. No, I didn't think it meant the same thing as awry. I thought it meant, like, wobbly. Oh my god. I guess awry is sort of wobbly. Anyway. Um, so after a long night- They use it a lot in Harry Potter. They do. They do that. Anyways. Um, after a long night filled with vampire sex dreams, Bella gets up, dresses in a sexy brown turtleneck, which (laughs) we all know is the universal uniform of the sexually frustrated- um, and she says that she's, and I quote, still tired, but edgy as well. Um, I think we can only assume that this means she's been using her sex dreams to edge because there's literally no universe in which a brown turtleneck would be considered edgy. I don't really know. And we already know that she loves she edging herself. She does love edging. Um, and we haven't gotten explicit descriptions for masturbating. And since we have everything else, I would assume we would have known about yeah, that happening. Yeah, so. she's definitely edging. Um Charlie asks Bella if she's still planning on going to the dance like a normal human teenager, and Bella tells him that she's not going to the dance. God, Dad, leave me alone. Um, it's girl's choice, Dad. It's girl's choice. Um, Edward, Choosing not to go. Edward picks Bella up. Uh, they immediately proceeds to bombard her with questions about herself. Like a fucking teenage boy sexting for the first time. Like, I was waiting for What do you a, like? What are you wearing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you touching yourself? What? What's... Are you a What's virgin? Your pussy look like? How deep is it? How wide is it? What's your bra What's size? What's the dimensions of your pussy? What's the volume content? Uh, what's the square footage of your pussy? Um, so he asks her what the square footage of her pussy is. Uh, then he asks what her favorite color is. And she says that it changes day to day. But th- today it's brown. Because at this point, I guess we are just leaning into making Bella as fucking boring as humanly possible. She's literally like the person from the Lego movie. She's literally like, what's your favorite song? Like, God. Um, so he spends the whole rest of the day questioning her relentlessly about every insignificant detail of her entire life, which honestly sounds so fucking exhausting that I'm surprised she didn't just drop dead on the spot. I Um, know! Wait, is this the long game? Do you think he's trying to bore her to death so that he can eat her? Oh, maybe. (laughs) Um, also, how is he doing this constantly if they only have one class and lunch together? I just assume there's, like, one of those conversations that, like, starts in the hallway and then it ends and then just picks exactly, like, up right where it left off. Is that how your conversations were in high school? Yeah, when I would, like, stalk our friend around the hallway oh and steal, steal their calculator. Oh, boy. Um, I don't understand the logistics of this. I think I have to just be comfortable with that. Um, so Edward asks her what her favorite gemstone is, which is also already <laughs> such a weird fucking question to ask somebody. <laughs> And her well, answer, he's running out. Her answer is that it changes with his eye color, which is fucking bananas. Okay, also she says topaz. His eyes are constantly referred to as like looking like butterscotch. So she says it'll be topaz, which is this like a regional thing? Like what color do you think of topaz being? Because there's lots of different colors of topaz. And if someone says topaz, and maybe it's because I'm born in December, but I think blue topaz. I also think blue so, topaz. I was like, his eyes do not look They're like not topaz, blue. Bella. What the fuck are you talking about? But then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, I guess there's one kind of topaz that's, like, yellowy-brown. God. Uh, so I, I just had, like, questions for Stephanie Meyer on that one. Yeah, I think we all have a lot of questions for Stephanie Meyer. Um... So they go to biology. They spend all of biology furiously not touching again. 
Um, Edward walks her to gym, where Bella the Human Scarecrow once again contributes precisely nothing to a game of badminton. Because um, they're no longer just learning the rules. They're yeah, actually now, playing. now they're actually playing badminton. Um, so at the end of the day, Edward picks her up and starts asking her to describe Arizona to him. Um, which was initially fucking wild to me that a 120-year-old undead teenager uh, doesn't know what fucking Arizona looks like. But then I thought about it, and I understand that nobody would ever willingly go to Arizona. Well, he can't go there because it's sunny. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So he has to stay in, like, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And that, like, or, like, I don't know, like, where, whatever places it is that people live where it's dark all the time, yeah. like Alaska or something. Um, okay, also, I am tired. What? I'm tired of saying Edward and Bella. It's too many words. Can we call them Bedward? I thought we were calling them Ella. Edla? Bellwood. No, because I accidentally kept calling her Ella earlier. Are we calling them Ella? I, we can call them Ella. Uh, per, I, I like Bellword. Uh, so Bellword okay. sits I out. do want to say something, though, about her descriptions of um, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yes, I almost put this in my notes. But, like, once again, the best writing we get in this book is her descriptions of scenery. Like... Amazing, like beautiful. Stephanie Meyer is amazing at physical descriptions of setting. It's terrible at everything else. Everything like else. I, who I was starting to read about this, and being like, "Wow, Arizona sounds beautiful." <laughs> She's like, "Can I read this a little bit of it?" Yeah. Okay. She's like, "I try to describe impossible things, like the scent of." Actually, I don't want to start there. So I don't pronounce the next word. <laughs> we'll skip ahead. The hardest thing. Uh, to explain was why it was so beautiful to me to justify a beauty that didn't depend on the sparse spiny vegetation that often looked half dead a beauty that had no more to do with the exposed shape of the land with the shallow bowls of valleys between the craggy hills and the way they held on to the sun i found myself using my hands so i tried to describe it to him like that's lovely what and then where the fuck did that come from and then from there what we get is bellward in the car, uh, sitting in the driveway for hours, talking, which honestly is hours. a fairly relatable high school experience. Um, we've all done that. Um, until Edward points out that it is, wait for it, Twilight. Which, by the way, y'all, is my favorite part of the book, but I will talk about that they, when we're done. They did chapter. it. They did it. They did the thing. They said the name. Um, so Edward launches into a speech that honestly could have been written uh, by Katie's trench coat wearing high school boyfriend about how Twilight is the safest time of day for us. Um, it's the easiest time. No, don't read it. Don't read it. I want to read okay, it. Okay, I'm not going to read it. But I just want everyone to know that when I read it, uh, I was like, oh, I, I could absolutely see Katie's high school boyfriend writing something like that. Um, oh yeah oh he would have written it in a note and read it out loud to me like it was fucking poetry. oh yeah um so as edward is leaving his spidey senses start tingling and he tells bella that another complication is coming um Which is the name of the chapter yes um, Complications. that complication is none other than our loyal pup man's best friend jacob black and his trusty wolf dad um bella notices the papa black has given her the stink eye and she realizes that it must be because the he believes that the legends about the cullens are true and he's now because seen her are. with edward um and that dear readers is where this chapter ends okay so now i can treat y'all to my favorite line oh, in the fucking God. book Ooh, uh, lay it uh, on us i'm ready i'm ready oh, oh. okay so Bella is worried about what time it is. So she asks Edward what time it is. She says, how late is it? And Edward responds like Wirt from over the garden wall. He says, it's twilight. It's the safest time of day for us. The easiest time, but also saddest in a way. The end of another day. The return of night. Darkness is so predictable, don't you think? <gasps> Darkness <Can> you? <laughs> is so predictable. Isn't it fucking wild how the sun just goes down every day? Oh, my so roommate, trite. My, my roommate Adam goes, that is a lot of angst to get what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I told him I was going to quote him in this episode, he said, 
that could be my reoccurring element. One quote from the roommate. <laughs> I love I love one quote from the roommate. Um my Oh my god, y'all. I cackled for like a solid I was god. 45 minutes late to work today because I was reading Twilight. <laughs> And I got to that part, and it derailed me for a solid, like, three minutes. It's so funny. That is where the name of this fucking book comes from. Is that, like, teenage goth boy poetry. Okay, what was your favorite part? My favorite part of this book, uh, not of this book, but of this chapter, um, is that Bella somehow manages to hit herself in the head with her badminton racket during gym class. Oh, yeah. And we are treated she to a description of that. Um, and honestly, that is the image I'm going to play over and over in my head to calm myself down anytime Bella's being a fucking dummy, is just think about Bella hitting herself in the head with a badminton racket. Oh my god, I love it. So, um, there's another part of this book that I've been thinking about. So, if you don't know, y'all, Stephanie Meyer releases playlists with her book. Ooh, buddy. And I don't have the one for this book pulled up. Um, but I probably should. Um, I'm looking it up right now, but the reason I'm mentioning this is because Bella, as we already mentioned last episode, goes to bed listening to, like, some sort of metal as she describes it. But I don't really have, like, a good feeling that she really knows what metal is. And, um, she gets in the car, Edward asks her what is in her CD player, and she tells him, but we don't get to be treated to what band it is. And uh, he goes, really? And pulls out the same CD and says, like, Debussy like, to this? Yeah. And, like, when I read that, I was like, okay, what fucking band is this? So, and I just, like, assumed it was Nine Inch Nails. But I'm looking at the playlist uh-huh. that I pulled it up for uh-huh. Bahamas laughing because she knows what I'm about to say. So I pulled up the playlist and there are two in a row Linkin Park songs ah! in the Twilight <laughs> playlist. So I can only assume that what Bella was referring to as heavy metal was Linkin, Linkin Park. Park. And that this like... 200-year-old vampire is like, Lincoln Park is a great band. Bella fell asleep. Of 30 CDs, that of 30 CDs that this, like, generation's old vampire has in his car, Lincoln Park is one of them. Bella Swan falls asleep, blasting <laughs> Lincoln Park in her headphones. So that's the only thing she could do. To, that's how she edges herself to Edward, because oh, she puts it on so she would stop masturbating to him. Do you think Bella's masturbated to Linkin Park? No, she stops masturbating to Linkin Park. Oh. <laughs> oh, I God. mean, I guess Edging is still masturbating. Yeah, you're still... I think we should move on to Chapter 12. I what think, do you think? I think we could talk about Bella masturbating forever, and so we should stop. Katie, what happens in Chapter 12? So, Chapter 12 starts with our second encounter of Jacob. So, this time, as you already mentioned, he's accompanied by his father, Billy Black. And I'm not going to lie to you all. The only point of this whole interaction was to emphasize that there is trouble between the tribe and the Cullens. Excuse me. And to remind us that Charlie and Billy clash on this matter because Charlie just loves the fucking Cullens. He hero worships these hotties. And Billy's not having it. So Bella spends the entire time, like, half listening to her hot child friend Jacob while also trying to eavesdrop on her dad's friend in case he starts gossiping about her. Like, that's literally what she thinks is going to happen. She thinks that Billy is going to gossip about her to her dad. Be like, oh my god, did you know that your daughter's hanging out with Edward? Oh my god. What do you think about that, Charlie? So eventually, Billy and Jacob leave, and Bella and Charlie share, like, an actually pleasant moment together. It's so sweet. And, yeah, it almost implies that Bella actually cares what someone's feelings live in herself. Imagine that. She even calls him, out loud, she does call him dad, which made me feel... Like, I actually got some pleasant, heartwarming yes. feelings from that. I was like, that's nice to know, because in her head she calls him Charlie, but she also calls her mom, who she loves, Renee. So, anyways, I have a lot of feelings about that, and I would really love to I would, I would love to take Bella point. Swan to family therapy. I would love it. Anyways, the next day, Ever picks her up at her house again, and continues just 
right away again. Like I said, these conversations just pick up right where they left off, peppering her with questions. So they're at lunch when this happens, and I just want to lodge one quick complaint, uh, just just a small one. Why the fuck is Bella eating a bagel for lunch? Um, bitch, what do you think I eat every day? Bagels are Actually, a breakfast food, okay? Bagels-, bagels are in every part of the day food. When I was growing up, and by growing up, and when I was a teenager, I would go to this donut shop across the street all the time. And at night, they would just give me all the leftover bagels because I was the only one who ate them. And so, because it was a donut shop, and they knew that. And so at, like, midnight, they would just give me a bunch of bagels, and I would just eat a bunch of bagels at midnight I, for free. Okay, free bagels at midnight. I think bagels, I think lunch is the only meal where it's weird to eat a bagel. Like, bagels for breakfast, fine. Midnight bagels, fine. Uh, bagel sandwiches bagel are acceptable sandwich? for brunch, but honestly, I think that's where I draw the fucking line. Bagel sandwiches are good. Bagel sandwiches are so good. Okay. Anyways, he reveals that he's leaving after lunch to go hunting with his sister, Alice, um, to ensure that he's not thirsting for her blood the next day. Yeah, you know. He has to eat a whole bunch so he can be all bloated and not feel sexy around her. <laughs> so then, we then learn that his siblings are less than pleased about his relationship with Bella and that they are worried at the threat that it poses to them as a family. And Everett explains what he means by that by saying that they're worried that if he kills her it'll become troublesome that he has been seen publicly with her <laughs> so Bella the person most in need of therapy in the world feels compelled to protect him and make it safer for him to murder her right. so after Alice comes uh, sorry Alice after Alice comes by I think about combining everyone's name with Edward <laughs> After Alice comes by and briefly introduces herself, Bella spends the rest of the day telling everyone that her plans uh, with Edward are canceled so that, again, Edward will get less trouble if he murders her. Yep. You know. Holy shit, Bella, go to therapy. Holy shit, dude. So she agonizes while doing laundry at the idea of him getting in trouble for hurting her, and she spends approximately three seconds being afraid for herself about the murder. Uh, but then downs a bunch of cold medicine so she can sleep peacefully. <gasps> and that is not even a joke. That is not me joking that she does that. She literally does that. It's actually what happens. Literally what happens. Edward is furious the next day to find out that she has no self-preservation instincts whatsoever. And she proudly tells him, I'm sorry, as she proudly tells him about how she protected him for all the people who care about her. Uh, he asked her if she has become suicidal, which, like, yeah, probably. Honestly? Maybe she should get some therapy about that. So, they trot off in their matching beige outfit. Oh my god. Which is also not a joke. They're both wearing tan. Literally, she mentions putting on a beige sweater, like a longish a base sweater that she has to like fix over her blue jeans and then she opens the door and Edward laughs and she's like what and she's so crushed and he's like we match <laughs> it's wild so they trot off in these matching outfits into the woods uh, as today is going to be a sunny day and Edward's going to show Bella what happens when he stands in the sun so after hiking for five miles in what are almost certainly not sensible shoes for such an endeavor, they reach a beautiful clearing, and Bella steps into the sunlight, radiating in its glory. But not as much as Edward's gone off. But Edward is still standing in the shade. End of chapter. I wonder what's gonna happen when Edward steps into the sunlight. And like, God, I really, really hope. That there is at least one human being listening to this podcast who, who doesn't truly know. does not know oh, what's going to happen I, when he walks into the if, if you We will not spoil it. If you are listening to this podcast and you don't know what happens when Edward Cullen steps into the sunlight, boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you. But, so, like, there's some interesting dynamics revealed in this chapter, such as, like, Alice is like, more welcoming right. to Bella, and, like, is now being, like, aligned with Edward, mm-hmm. and, but the rest of his family are way more wary or against pairing, especially Rosalie, who's, like, a real hottie. I always imagined her looking like Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. um, just fucking glaring at Bella straight into her fucking soul. Yeah. Um, I would like to offer us a bonus, holy shit, Bella go to therapy moment. 
Um, you mean bonus, like, as if it's not the entire chapter? Uh, yeah, yes. Um, and I think also a bonus because it's not so much a moment as it is just a reminder of something about Bella's character, which is that Bella has never dated anyone before. This Ugh. is her first relationship, which makes the whole trajectory of this courtship significantly more horrifying. That's so true, because my first relationship was really fucked up, y'all. It was not healthy. And, like, I think one of those boundaries that I, like, did not know how to set, and Bella does not know how to set a single yeah, goddamn boundary. Yeah, the difference is that she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, yeah. I know that he's probably going to try to eat me, but it's fine because he's pretty. But she thinks that he's not because she thinks that she's special. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. He wants to eat her, special. but he's not going to. Yeah. He's going to change for her. She can fix him. She can fix him. him. Um, I would just like to say, I know that we have talked about this ad nauseum, but I just have to bring it up again that 100% without question, my favorite moment in this whole chapter is Bella fucking drinking lean. Like she is on the cough syrup, bitch. Oh yeah. Okay. She's literally the next morning. It's so fucking good, y'all. Goes, I woke up early, having slept soundly and dreamlessly thanks to my gratuitous drug use. Gratuitous drug use. And the night before, she's like, I normally wouldn't condone such behavior in myself, but I needed to sleep. (laughs) You gotta do what you gotta do to be well rested. Y'all, okay. I had, I mean, that was definitely, without question, my favorite moment. I have a second favorite. Um, which is on... Okay, I also do, but you can go first. Okay, on page 252, right after she talks about taking cough syrup, she says that she puts on a Chopin CD and then lays down and concentrates on relaxing individual parts of her body. And I would just like everyone to know that that is literally a progressive muscle relaxation exercise. Like, that is a therapeutic technique that I have used with clients to help them get to sleep better. Which begs okay. the question, she, like, she must have at some point seen a therapist because we all know that Bella's way too bad at the internet to have found progressive muscle relaxation on her own by, like, Googling. And so I want to know. I told who, you in the first episode that she definitely went to therapy. She's using, like, but she's scheduling her crying. Yes. Who the fuck is Bella's therapist? She's back in Arizona. God. She's not here. She saw her, like, three times oh, and then man. stopped going. God. What? Okay, but also, when you asked me before what we were doing in class, why we had relaxation exercises, that's what we were doing. We were doing progressive muscle <laughs> relaxation exercises because we were actors and we had to become familiar with our bodies. Oh, boy. Oh, what's, your, what's your second favorite part of this chapter? Oh, boy. Oh, fucking boy. Okay, so when they get to the woods, Edward takes his shirt off like the top sweater off but she already had mentioned that he had a button up on and she says that he is wearing an unbuttoned sleeveless shirt what <laughs> like edward is queer as fuck the only like, okay listen the only person that i wear i wear button-up sleeveless shirts the only two people i know that wear sleeveless button-up shirts are you and my mom yeah and my mom. Because like, all my sleeveless button-up shirts were my mom's. <laughs> because I low-key love mom golf fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And you look damn good in it. I do. I fucking pull it off, y'all. But Edward is wearing an unbuttoned sleeveless like, shirt. I, and I, I think maybe I, Edward just I, as... You know, he's like... Listen, he's like 3,000 years old. He doesn't understand teenage fashion. Cut him No, Edward confirmed for bisexual. <laughs> um, no one wears... No one wears that unless they're bisexual. I, I, now, now canon that your mom and my mom are bisexual. Oh, boy. Someone should so let them I. know. We should let them know. What if our moms dated? Oh, boy. <laughs> What if your mom turned my mom uh, radical? I would love saved- that. That'd be great. Do you think your mom's love can save my mom from being a conservative? <laughs> There's really only one way to find out. I think we should call him up um, and find out. My mom does talk about how beautiful your mom is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. This is a real talk, everyone. My mom does. Whenever I'm 
much as the hottest mom goat. She's so cute. It's, I mean, it's true. My mom's a fox. Uh, I showed I showed my friend uh, Erica, who knows Sahana, uh, pictures of Sahana's mom, and she was like, <gasps> she literally gasped. Like, she went like this. <gasps> she looks just like Sahana. Oh my god. They're so beautiful. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so... That really brings us to the end of this section of this garbage book team. Um, thanks for hanging in there with us. We want to send you off um, first with a fun fact and then with the chapter titles from next week. So my fun fact of the week is that Twilight um, saved Hot Topic. What? So the sale of Twilight merch is credited with saving Hot Topic from having to file for bankruptcy in the mid-2000s. Um which means that I have only Stephanie Meyer to thank for the fact that my mom now wears my old Fallout Boy t-shirt to the gym. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh my god. So the next four chapter titles are, and I will read them right now, Confessions, Mind Over Matter, The Collins, and Carlisle. So we will soon get the actual chuckle darkly moment. And I think and, that is something and, that we can all look forward to. Yes. We'll also get the you swam to France <laughs> moment. <laughs> which oh. I'm sure you will all appreciate. So with that, we're signing off. Thanks so much for joining us on this here podcast, Summer Twilight Book Club. We'll see y'all next week. We love you. Stay saucy. Bye. Yeah.